Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades on five continents, culminated his ministry with a 21-year book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called a life study. This life study is the basis of our program today, which includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's life study. The second half of Mark chapter 10 brings us to the city of Jericho. The Lord Jesus has arrived at this place, very near Jerusalem, near the end of the long journey he had taken with his disciples. Jesus knew that the time of his appointed death on the cross to be the real Lamb of God was only days away, and he would not be kept from that hour. Twice before on this journey, on the way to Jerusalem, the Lord had spoken to his disciples of his approaching rejection and death in Jerusalem. But the disciples never seemed to hear the words. And so here, the Lord mentions it again for the third time. But still, the disciples have neither ears to hear nor eyes to see, as these verses in Mark 10 so clearly illustrate, beginning at verse 32. Now they were on the road going up to Jerusalem, and Jesus led the way before them. And they were amazed, and those who followed were afraid. And he took the twelve aside and began to tell them the things that were about to happen to him. Behold, we are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be delivered to the chief priests and to the scribes, and they will condemn him to death and deliver him to the Gentiles. And they will mock him and spit at him and scourge him and they will kill him. And after three days he will rise. And James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him, saying to him, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask you. And he said to them, What do you want me to do for you? And they said to him, Grant us to sit one on your right and one on your left in your glory. Well, Matt Miller is with us as we pick up a pretty well-known passage, but I think we're going to see a lot of meaning here, Matt, that we've most likely sort of skipped over in the past. I really enjoy the portion today before us. I do too, Chris. When you read this, it's almost hard to believe that James and John could follow up his word about dying, suffering, being spit on, and all they're concerned about is their ambition Who's going to sit on your right and who's going to sit on your left in glory? Right. They've got glory in mind. He's got suffering and death in mind. And it could be because they were his cousins. Jesus' mother's sister was their mom. Mm -hmm. So James and John were his cousins. So maybe they thought because of this family connection, they had the right. It's really uh, quite a story we're into today, Chris. And actually, uh, a similar account takes place just a chapter before, Matt, with these same two, most likely, right? Yeah, Chris. In fact, this is the third time you mentioned it, that he unveiled his death and resurrection. The first was chapter 8. The second was in chapter 9, verse 31. And then right after he unveiled it in chapter 9, you have the same problem where they're arguing who would be greater among them. And probably John and James again. Exactly. It's amazing. So quickly here in chapter 10, right after this story of ambition already, it really shows 
blindness. That's the main point yeah. we're going to touch today, is they were really blind. Well, a little bit uh, of background here. We've come to this place called Jericho. I've been there. Jericho, it's not a pleasant place. They Remember, they've just come now from this beautiful section, Caesarea Philippi, from Mount Hermon, where they got the, you know, the vision of transfiguration. These are lovely places, green, lush, cool, clear. Jericho is a very low place. It's dusty, it's dirty, and it's very hot. Uh, and in a sense, in the Bible, it always represents a place of curse. And uh, we come here, and this whole context emphasizes the matter of blindness. And we are seeing a kind of blindness demonstrated by the Lord's disciples. Now, these two, John and James, who were brothers in the flesh, uh, were also referred to in Scripture as the sons of thunder. So when you hear Witness Lee use this term, realize that's a, a biblical name that's ascribed to John and James. All right, here's Witness Lee with our first portion. Verse 32 says, Now they were on the road, going up to Jerusalem. And Jesus was going before them, and they were amazed. And those who followed were afraid, because he was so strong. He was so bold. As uh, Luke tells us, his face toward Jerusalem was like a flint, because he knew the time of his death was very close. Actually, only about one week left. He would not be stopped. He would not be frustrated. Otherwise, he will miss the day of the Passover, which will be the day for him to die as the Lamb of God. So, he took the twelve and told them that he was going to be delivered and to be judged, and to be condemned to death, and to be killed. And after three days, he will rise up. In other words, uh, on the road, which was very close to Jerusalem, he repeated the revelation of his death and resurrection the third time. So the Lord wanted to impress them the third time with his all-inclusive death and wonderful resurrection. They didn't say it. I tell you, the Lord repeated this vision the third time, but they didn't have the eye to see it. How do we know that they didn't see it? Listen, right after the Lord Jesus told them that he was going to be delivered to be condemned to death and to be killed and so forth, my, these two sons of sinners came to ask to sit with the Lord, <laughs> one at his left, one at his right. Listen, what is this kind of talk? This is all natural talk. This is all blind talk. This is all talk under darkness. Their eyes were not open yet. Matt, it's remarkable. You made a reference to this in our introduction, but it's remarkable how disconnected they were from what he was so burdened to convey. You know, if the Lord repeats himself three times, that's a pretty strong indication. This is, this is serious. This is important. I want you to get it. And yet it's obvious from the way they're carrying on. They don't get it at all, do they? They don't get it, Chris. And sometimes I wonder, how about us? 
How about those of us sitting right here today? Do we get it? You know, the Lord was so serious there. In fact, it's striking the way this portion in the scripture starts out, Chris, the verses there, because the Lord was very serious. He had a job to do. This is one week before the Passover. He's got to get there because as the Passover lamb, he needs to die in a week. And he's in Jericho. He's got to make this trip all the way to Jerusalem and be tested as the lamb was tested in the Old Testament. He had to be tested by the scribes and Pharisees to be proven pure and properly qualified to be the Lamb of God, to be offered on our behalf and crucified. So it's a very serious situation. In fact, uh, I'd like to read a few of these verses. In verse 32 of chapter 10, they were on the road going to Jerusalem, and Jesus led the way before them, and they were amazed, and those who followed were afraid. Yeah, He's just leading them, and they're amazed and afraid, because it says in Luke that he set his face like a flint. He was so determined to get there. And like you said, it's amazing, the disconnect. They're there following him, and you know he's explaining to them. He took the twelve aside again and began to tell them the things that were about to happen. He's explaining it to them. Behold, we're going to Jerusalem. The Son of Man will be delivered to the chief priests and the scribes. They'll condemn him to death and deliver him to the Gentiles. It's so clear. And they will mock him and spit at him and scourge him, and they will kill him. This is exactly what happened when they got there. And after three days, he will rise. And immediately, the very next verse, And James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him, saying to him, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask you. And he said, what do you want me to do for you? Right. It's, it's just so it's, striking. It is, it is striking. What do you want me to do for you? And their answer, it's not a good answer. Now, later in the program, we're going to see what the right answer to that is. But their answer indicates they're blind. They just don't see it. They're in darkness. Blindness indicates darkness, and it's in Jericho. So it's a, a cursed situation. Okay, so then their answer is, grant to us to sit one on your right hand, and one on your left, in your glory. The thing that had blinded them, obviously, was their ambition. This is an exposing, really, of their ambition. And ambition has a real blinding effect on God's servants, doesn't it? Exactly. And so they wanted a position, and anyone in the Christian life, in the church, and in your service, if you want a position, if that's what you're after and ambitious for, you are blind, yeah. and the Lord needs to have mercy on you, just like we'll see later in this chapter on the blind Bartimaeus. Yeah, well, that's where we're going to go right now. We'll come back to John and James and their condition and how it, in many ways, typifies our condition. But another character is introduced here. Uh, we jump now to verse 46, and they came to Jericho, and as he was going out from Jericho, as well as his disciples and a large crowd, the son of Timaeus... Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, sat by the road. And when he heard that it was Jesus the Nazarene, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus, standing still, said, Call him here. And they called the blind man, saying to him, Take courage, rise, he is calling you. And throwing his garment aside, he leapt up and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered him and said, What do you want me to do for you? Interesting, Matt. Exactly the same question he had asked John and James just moments before. And that's not a coincidence. And it's not a coincidence, as we'll see. And the blind man said to him, Rabboni, that I may receive my sight. And Jesus said to him, Go, your faith has healed you. 
and immediately he received his sight and followed him on the road. Another request, this time without any hesitation, the Lord answers and gives this man exactly what he asked for, a real contrast to the disciples. So the question has to be asked, who is the real blind one here? Here's Witness Lee. So it is so sovereign when they arrived at Jericho under this kind of situation of blindness, a blind beggar came up to indicate that they were all in this blindness. Where? Jericho. So they arrived at Jericho. At Jericho, nothing is here but blindness. The blindness is very meaningful. And this blind one was a beggar. You tell me in this chapter, who are? Who are the blind beggars? Actually, not the blind beggar. Actually, these two sons of sinners, they are really beggars. Who were the blind? John and James. The sons of sinners begging for possession. I tell you, if we still have some ambition in the church life for possession, I tell you, you are just a Bartimaeus. You are a poor, blind beggar. Isn't this meaningful? My, these two brothers, they have been, you know, following the Lord all the way, all the way, from very initiation. Yet, they still remained in the blindness. So, they need further healing. Not the healing of the entire being, but the healing of the particular seeing organ. They still couldn't see Christ. Christ talked to them once, twice, the third time about his death. They didn't see it. The thing didn't get into their understanding. When you have blindness, you have darkness. When you have darkness, you have sin and death. I tell you, what was still there with these followers of Jesus? Blindness. Blindness. Even they followed him all through the way. But still they remained in their blindness. As they were still in their blindness, they need a clear vision. What the Lord Jesus going to do? He was going to enter into the death. He was going to die. To die a replacing death. And to die a terminating death. That means to get rid of blindness, darkness, sin, and death, to bring people into resurrection. Matt, this is one of those life studies that causes me just to marvel. Yes, the ministry that we possess and are you know so privileged to bring to the listeners each day, but to marvel more so at the Word of God and how tremendous it is, how wonderful it is. I mean, now that it's you know pointed out to us, what the Lord was really telling these disciples, you don't need to be asking for position and who's going to be first or this or that. Here's what you really need. You need to follow me into what's coming, an all-terminating death, a full healing to your blindness, and then resurrection. It's tremendous, isn't it? It is tremendous, Chris. And the the way he asked the question to both James and John, what do you want me to do for you? And he asked Bartimaeus the same question, but he was so relieved at Bartimaeus' answer. This is the answer we all need. 
our prayer today for everyone listening is, is may we all have the answer of Bartimaeus right. and not the answer of the sons of thunder of James and John. Bartimaeus's answer was such a relief to the Lord in verse 51. He said, Rabboni, that I may receive my sight. That's what we want the Lord to do for us, to not leave us in darkness, to not leave us in the realm of ambitious for a position. We need to be humbled and brought to the point. This was actually the same message that the Lord had given the the disciples in chapter 9. The second time he revealed his death and resurrection, he took a child and said, you need to humble yourself like a child. Because when they were arguing who would be the greatest among them, it was the same problem. It, It just indicates that they were so blind and they didn't know it. And so the Lord really wants this answer, that I could receive my sight. Yeah, and that, uh, as you said, was this blind beggar, that was his answer. It was the right answer. The Lord came to be life and light, to be the light of the world. And here was a blind one. Of course, what should have been by now occurring to the disciples, they were the blind ones, and they really were the ones needing the Lord's healing of their sight. That's the message here, Chris, and I hope we all walk away from this program with that same message. We're the blind ones who need the Lord's mercy for us to receive our sight. We're going to go back now. After the Sons of Thunder make this natural, kind of ridiculous by how it looks now, request, here's what the Lord said to them in verse 38. You do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup which I drink or to be baptized with the baptism with which I am baptized? And they said to him, we are able. And Jesus said to them, the cup which I drink, you shall drink. And with the baptism with which I am baptized, you shall be baptized. But to sit on my right or on my left is not mine to give, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared. And whoever wants to be first among you shall be the slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Really, he's opening up here, Matt, as we'll hear in this last section. This was not just his death that was coming. This was all of their death. This was not just uh, his cup, his portion. Really, for all of the followers, all the disciples, all the believers, we all need to enter into this portion. They wanted a position, but he wanted them to have this portion. Exactly. All right, here's Witness Lee with our last section today. These two sins of cinders, the leg to Satan at the right, at the left, the Lord says, you don't know what you're talking. Let me tell you the real situation. Don't think you will be promoted to my life, to my right. You will go through my tomb. You'll be buried me. I will drink the cup, and that is your cup. I'll be baptized into such a process of death, and you will be baptized into the same process. Without such a process, you could never enter into resurrection. Yes, Christ is the replacement and he's going to replace you but you need to go through this process it's quite meaningful are you going to enter into the kingdom you need to drink this portion you need to go through this process who's that not your death Christ's death Christ's terminating death I tell you it is by going through this process Uh We are in resurrection. In resurrection is Christ. No more I, but Christ. Very good. Thus far, 
these dear ones represented by the two sons of cinder, they all need another healing. The healing of the blindness. I tell you, this blind man now, he wouldn't care for his position. He just wanted to have the sight. He was crazy for having the sight. When he heard Jesus call him, he threw away his garment. And he went straight away to receive the sight. He now was not a foolish beggar. Now he was a very wise beggar. You and I, we all need sight. Hallelujah. <laughs> and the poor beggar got it. Uh, he, he preached something according to the heart of this dying one. This one was going to die. For what? For the sight of his believers. That they all may die with him. You see? Die out from their blindness. And die into the resurrection. Then in resurrection they may receive the sight. Wonderful. Hallelujah. Amen. It's so wonderful to see the last healing. Is the healing of the blindness. After this point, everybody who follows the Lord Jesus is ready. Ready to enter into what? To enter into his death. To enter into the death with him. For them all to enter into his resurrection. Matt, a wonderful uh, conclusion. A small thing here that I'd like to bring out, because we're going to come back to it in coming programs. It's an important point in this whole section here. And this uh, wise beggar who was blind, who got what he was after, uh, one of the things that indicates he was wise, and it's a subtle thing, it says that he threw off his garment. And uh, we need to keep in mind that John and James were seeking a position in Scripture, Matt, Garments always represent our position, don't they? They do, Chris. And if you think about a policeman, for example, when he wears his uniform, he's in the position of a policeman. When he takes his uniform off, he no longer has that position. The the uniform, our garments, our clothing represent our position. So it's a very significant thing that the blind beggar cast away his garments. This was a message. He was casting away his position he didn't care for position. I want sight. I don't want a position. I don't want my garments. I want sight. He was a wise beggar, as Witness Lee said. He wasn't a foolish beggar. The disciples, on the other hand, were foolish beggars begging for a position. When they should have been begging for sight, they were begging for position. He throws away his garment, signifying he was laying down his position, and he got what he really was after and what we all should be after. That's exactly right. Matt, when we come to the Lord Jesus every day in prayer, in a sense, we're all laying aside our garments, aren't we? We we realize, we need to realize, we have no position other than the one that he has provided for us. That's true, Chris. This is the last healing recorded in the Gospel of Mark, and it's a healing of blindness and the throwing away of our position. And It's like you said, we need to come to the Lord every time we pray with this attitude, casting aside our position, our ambition, and coming to the Lord according to his heart's desire, which is really that he would bring us into a portion, a cup, of the share of his death, resurrection, and ascension 
eventually we're going to have to get into this more in other programs because we don't have time now. But this is significant that their portion would really be death and resurrection. You need to be terminated. This is a serious thing. Your ambition needs to be terminated. Right. What you are needs to be terminated. You need to be replaced by me in my death and resurrection. It's just not me going through the death. I'm going to bring you through death and resurrection. Well, I really uh, encourage all of us listening not to miss the coming programs. This theme gets developed, and you'll see uh, as uh, not only Mark continues, but in the context of the whole uh, gospel and the gospel story, this point is really underscored in the coming programs. Hope you're able to join us, and and, uh, we just pray that this portion has been one that has caused all of us to say, Lord Jesus, that I may receive my sight. Good to have you, Matt. Thanks for helping out today. Thanks, Chris. We invite you to contact us, uh, our toll-free number, if you'd like to get the printed life study messages uh, or find out about the other resources we have available is 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. That's all the time we have for today. Join us for our next program. And for Matt Miller, I'm Chris Wilde. Thanks very much for listening. Millions of Christians have been strengthened in their faith through the ministry of Watchman Nee. In a recent release by Living Stream Ministry entitled The Overcoming Life, Watchman Nee sounds a call to the believers to pursue the normal Christian life that is hidden with God in Christ. The Overcoming Life is filled with truth, reverberates with hope, and brings the reader to renewed consecration. The Overcoming Life by Watchman Nee from Living Stream Ministry is available at Christian bookstores everywhere. Or you can order by calling 1-888-543-3788.